Hello and welcome to the Full 10 Yards Betting Podcast. We are back for week three of the NFL season. With our best bets, uh, I am joined tonight by Callum at Callum JD Squires on Twitter and Jack at Jack T underscore 95. Unfortunately, Liam's had to work late tonight. Um, that's probably good for him. He backed Buccaneers and Saints over 44 last week, <laughs> uh, which uh, obviously didn't come in despite a late flurry of points in that game. I can't really speak. I had the Raiders minus five and a half against the Cardinals, which looks great until 59 minutes and uh, 30 plus seconds, which was um, a, a bit of a gutting loss. I was ready to go boasting in the uh, chat group that we have at half time that uh, I was a genius and uh, that all uh, went to crap after that. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, it didn't get much better for, uh, for Jack either, who uh, had probably the worst under in the history of uh, sports betting. <laughs> so, <laughs> taking the under in Miami at Baltimore under 45 points. Uh, obviously, that game kind of exploded. Uh, it was um, probably one of the most entertaining games in recent years. Uh, but we did have a win- winner. Uh, Callum got off the, off the uh, schneid. He got his win on the board, uh, leaving, unfortunately, just me. He had uh, the Lions, Detroit Lions, minus two versus the Washington Commanders, and obviously, they pretty much destroyed them. Uh, let a few late points in, but Easily covered that spread. So one and three on the week, not the best. Uh, win for for um, Callum, which takes him to one and one on the season, leaving just me at zero and two. But uh, we are back this week, hopefully, with a little more success, and we will see how it goes. Um, we have had a few issues with internet and connection this week, so fingers crossed we'll all be good. Uh, I believe Callum's here with us. Callum, you good? Yes, sir. Yeah, good to be here. Excited to uh, chat about another good week after. I think, honestly, Sunday week two is uh, maybe one of my favorite NFL Sundays of all time because every kind of uh, disputable take I've had was kind of uh, proven accurate, really, with uh, <laughs> with the Kirk Cousins debacle, the Kyler Murray show, and uh, Tua putting on a show for the ages. So, yeah, I had a great Sunday, to be honest. Nice. And obviously, from an entertaining point of view, rather than just you feeling good about yourself, it was a hell of a weekend as well with uh, some massive comebacks. Um, I believe there was a couple of teams who were 99% likely to win who lost, which was which was good for me as a Bengals fan because two of them were in the AFC North. So despite being 0-2 for the season, they uh, are only one game behind in the North, which is great. Uh, Jack, are you here with us? Jack, that's you, mate. You just, I'm just cut out with me there. Already there. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah. How are you doing this week, Jack? <laughs> we'll do the double. Uh, all good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hard to complain being a Dolphins fan uh, after last weekend. Just when I was starting to lose a bit of hope into, uh, he ends up having um, his, his best game of probably his career. Like so. Yeah. Obviously delighted. Um, my pick wasn't so great, but yeah, obviously delighted with the Dolphins winning. They nearly covered the the 44 and a half uh, themselves. So yeah, happy out. Yeah, the the irony of that that under um, almost felt like it was cursed from the opening kickoff. If we're honest, right? Yeah, I think I might uh, slate to every single weekend, and hopefully, you can just uh, you can uh, prove me wrong. Yeah, I wonder if we'll see quite the same level of uh, of performance this weekend um, as we did last weekend. Obviously, we're having a few technical difficulties, but we'll figure this out and patch it together. Uh, Adam, we'll go first to you. Then, do you want to intro and uh, talk about your best bet this weekend? Yep, I'm looking at Sunday Night Football. The uh, the 49ers at the Denver Broncos. 49ers minus one is going to be my best bet for the weekend. Uh, a massive coaching mismatch from what we've seen so far this season. Nathaniel Hackett looks out of his depth as head coach. He's making constant mistakes leading to the Broncos fans having to count down the timer, uh, the, the play clock in real time so that they avoided penalties. Uh, it's just been a horrible mess for the Broncos so far. Um, not that great for the 49ers. Um, obviously, they lost Trey Lance this week for the season, but that that's not really that big a loss for them because Jimmy Garoppolo obviously knows the the offense. He will get the team going, and he know we know he can keep them in the hunt for the playoffs and probably get them to the playoffs. Um, so, yeah, it's as simple as that, really. Massive coaching mismatch. No real downgrade at QB for the 49ers. I think they're going to win in Denver. Jack, you know, I think I think Adam makes a fair point about the lack of downgrade in the, uh, you know, where Trey Lance was performing and how Jimmy G has performed for them in the past. But it might be a different style of offense, probably a little bit less run orientated, like it would have been for Trey Lance. 
Uh, Jack, your thoughts on on the 49ers, Broncos and Adam's best bet? Well, yeah, like just last weekend, well, looking forward, they had, uh, they had this priced up. I think it was Broncos minus one and a half. And uh, like, I'm a lot more confident in taking the 49ers to win the game since Jimmy G's back, which like, look, I know you have to start Trey Lance at one stage, but I know it's, you know, you don't want to see any player get injured like that. But I do think the 49ers are a better team with him, with the grapple under center. So yeah, I really like 49ers minus one. It's probably my, my second favorite bet. Okay, I mean, I'm I'm on the record as a Jimmy G hater, so I wouldn't be touching this one way or another. Uh, yeah, the Broncos don't look great, and you know, I, I I know that Jimmy G is what he is, and he's he's good enough to make sure you win just enough games to not get a top ten pick. And I don't think he's good enough to win you a Super Bowl. So it's an interesting one for San Francisco. Uh, but yeah, I I, I think it's uh, it's a weird choice of Sunday night game. I wish we were able to flex this out and put mm. Dolphins against Bills on Sunday night. That would be a lot more enjoyable for my money. Uh, anyway, Jack, we'll go back to you for your best bet this weekend, which I believe we agree on. Yeah, um, I have the Ravens minus two and a half. I think you can get minus two. Um, both teams have played Dolphins so far and uh, both lost. Just want to put that in there. But um, yeah, I don't think there's any comparable really between both teams. Uh, Patriots are awful. They're a long way from the team they used to be with uh, with Brady on their centre. Uh, the Ravens, in all honesty, should have bet the Dolphins. They hammered them for three quarters. Um just the final quarter, obviously, two. I just went, to, went into God mode. Um, the Ravens will probably blitz uh, Jones the whole game. He doesn't really deal with the blitz very well. And I also don't think the Patriots have the ability to take advantage of the Ravens' bad pass defense. Like they've got no one like Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddle. Um, I know Devontae Parker is he's an okay wide receiver, but he's not known for his, his speed. So um, I'd expect the, the Ravens to cover that game by maybe a touchdown or more. I was very surprised to see it only at minus two because I think if the Ravens even bet the Dolphins last weekend which they should have I guess he'd have been maybe six and a half uh, seven so yeah that's definitely my best bet of the weekend yeah Adam your thoughts have, have the bookmakers overreacted to the Ravens loss against the Dolphins here with this line um, I think they might have overreacted to the Patriots winning a game because I agree with Jack I don't think the Patriots are up to anything this year and against a good offense in the Ravens I don't see anything but a Ravens win it's just yeah, the only reason I didn't go for this one is because it's Bill Belichick and I just hate backing against him, especially at Foxborough. Um, but yeah, I, I'm quite happy taking the Ravens minus two. Uh, they do keep on getting injuries, which is a worry, but I just don't think the Patriots have got the firepower to take advantage of that. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. This was this was one that leapt out to me straight away, to be completely honest, in terms of options for this weekend. I think the Patriots, I've been kind of on the record all offseason saying how average I think this Patriots team is, which I know is a risk because as Adam just said, this is Belichick and you can never really be too sure, but there's nothing special about this offense as far as I'm concerned. And I don't think the defense without the players that they've lost, like the JC Jacksons of this world, I just don't think the defense is good enough to, you know, withhold uh, the Ravens all night long because I, I, as Jack said, the Ravens really should have beaten the Dolphins and we can get into the Dolphins later on. But yeah, I just think the Ravens are a far better team here and minus two feels exceptionally generous. And when we get on to player props at the end, I will mention a, a Ravens player prop that I really like. My best bet was going to be the Ravens as well, but for variety's sake, um, I'm going to pivot away from there and I'm going to potentially curse Adam to a, another sad Sunday oh, uh, because I'm going to take the Cincinnati Bengals Current line I'm seeing is minus six. I've seen it as minus five in some places. Um, I'd obviously rather the minus five than the minus six, depending on uh, what the uh, official rules of this quote-unquote contest are. But uh, yeah, I just think Joe Burrow is Joe Burrow and the Jets are the Jets. And there may not be a whole lot of confidence right now, but eventually it's going to work itself out. I just really don't see a situation where the Jets beat the Bengals player for player across all 53 spots. I think the Cincinnati Bengals are a far superior team. And eventually, water finds its level. And I just do think that the Bengals are uh, primed for a bounce back. But who am I to speak about the Bengals? Adam, tell me why I'm right or wrong this weekend. Of course you're right with everything you're saying. But it doesn't mean that I'm happy taking it. It's um, Yeah, I mean, it, it's been messy so far. Um the worry for me will be Carl Lawson coming back against his old team and notching up three sacks, which looks like it could be entirely possible with the offensive line we've got. Uh, but the Jets have been giving up tons of big plays. 
And that's where the Bengals have been thriving over the last year, year or two with Burrow on the centre. Um, the defence needs to step up, frankly. Uh, they need to do better and the offence does as well. But uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I just couldn't do it. I think they should win by six or seven, but I think I thought that in week one and I thought that last week. So it's one of those that I've been snake bitten and I really don't want to back, back against him. Obviously, last year they played the Jets and lost to Mike White. So that was a very different circumstance. That was when they were on top of the world and had a bit of a fall. This year, they're playing for, well, maybe for the playoffs, obviously. If you lose your first two games, it's very difficult to get into the playoffs. But as I said before, they're only one game behind in the AFC North, uh, thanks to everyone there losing one. So they need to win this one. There's no more motivation needed. It is, it's essential. And obviously, they should. So I, I can't argue with the pick. It's just I can't jinx my team either. <laughs> Jack, your thoughts on uh, on Bengals against Jets? Yeah, we like it as well. Um, let's just say I wouldn't be touching the Jets uh, plus five or six anyway. Um, I think the Bengals are just waiting for that one game where they just explode like they've been so disappointed in the first two games. Um, I think the Jets coming back and winning last weekend is actually good for the Bengals because they might be a bit more arrogant. Um, they might actually think they have a good chance of winning the game. I know they won last year, but that really caught the Bengals on the hop. Um yeah, I don't mind it at all. I, I probably would end up back in that. Maybe not as as much as I back my nap, but yeah, Bengals minus five and six. I definitely would, would be interested in that as well. All right. Well, those are our best bets for this week, heading into week three. Um, we do have a game tonight, which I just think is worth maybe very, very quickly touching on. Excuse me, I've forgotten something. Uh, we should also mention Liam, who's not here right now, and Liam's best bet, perhaps unsurprisingly, is the uh, the Chiefs minus five against the Colts. This is an interesting one for me because I do think the Colts are better than the 0-2 star they've shown. That said, looking at their upcoming schedule, they could be as bad off as 1-5 and five or 1-6 and six by the time they start getting a run together, I think. Um, I saw a stat that Liam posted that Mahomes has never lost indoors, which is an interesting stat. I don't know how I feel about minus five because with the Colts, you, you never know. Jonathan Taylor could just take over the game script and stop Mahomes from getting on the field too often. Jack, do you like Chiefs minus five or would you be leaning more towards the Colts side? Uh, it'd be Chiefs minus five. Um, I think Mahomes, I think Gus Bradley, defensive coordinator for the uh, Colts, he used to be for the Raiders and Mahomes used to just carve him up every single time his scheme. Um, I think Travis Kelsey is an unbelievable record against him as well. So, yeah, I'd expect the Chiefs to win uh, easily enough. Um, if the Colts just say maybe start a one and one or obviously two and all, I'd, like this would probably be minus one or minus two, but less than a touchdown, I, I do like it. The only thing I would worry about is, as you said, Jonathan Taylor just running the ball and taking time off the clock, and Mahomes barely getting the ball in his hands. But uh, I just the way the offense is playing as well, I just I can't see that happening. So yeah, I like the Chiefs minus five as well. Adam, you concur? Yeah, yeah, I can't argue with it. It was minus three over the summer, so it it did jump up to minus six and a half at one point this week. Um, so there has been money for the Colts to buy back a little bit. Um, but yeah, I can't see anything other than the Chiefs winning quite easily. Um, I do have a prop in that game, which obviously we'll get to later. But um, yeah, Chiefs minus five for me. Again, as Jack said, with the Jets game, I couldn't back Colts plus five and a half or five. So I, I have to say Chiefs. All right, cool. Uh, let's dive into the Thursday night game like I briefly introed earlier. Uh, we've got the Steelers at the Browns. Browns coming off. A horrific loss to the Jets. The Steelers off a disappointing loss to the Patriots, who I really thought they should have beaten. Uh, AA8 Sport has the line at Cleveland minus 3.5, and the over-under is 38. Adam, any interest in this one? Staying away? Anything that you like? Uh, just trying to stay awake will be the issue on this one, won't it? It's just probably going to be a snoozer. After last week with the Chiefs Chargers, I alluded to this one being probably not the most entertaining game in the world. Uh, it could come down to the odd drive because I don't think there's going to be too many drives in this one. I, I just the Browns surely have to win this one. They're just going to grind it on the floor. Uh, the Steelers don't have the best run defense in the world, and their passing attack has been dismal this year. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I have to take the Browns at home. the The lines suggest the Steelers are a sensible bet here, but they were getting more earlier in the week. They are on the road on a Thursday night, but it's only a short trip for them, so it's not really an issue. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I have to lean to the Browns minus three and a half. 
and probably under 38, to be honest. Obviously, it's going to be probably not the most entertaining game in the world. Jack, you and I were chatting briefly before we started. I, I know you like the under in this one. Yeah, under 19 and a half points in the first half um, was was 10 to 11 there about two hours ago, and now it's four to six, which isn't really backable. Um, for games like this where, like, I know it's a standalone game, I always seem to have to just put at least one or two bets on. Um, Paddy Power usually do maybe one or two nice power prices. I think there was one. Uh, Harris to get a touchdown, was, I think it's 70 yards. It was like eight, seven, I think seven to one. Might just do something like that. And I think Nick Chubb to have a touchdown each half was like enhanced to, I think, 14 to one. So I know I don't think there'll be many points in it, but I think it's just going to be a ground and pound game for both teams. So that's not bad value, but I wouldn't be putting much on it now. So looking at, looking at enhanced odds right now, you can get Chubb, Hunt, and Najee Harris to combine for three or more touchdowns at five to one. That is a max £10 bet, which I don't mind necessarily. Um, and yes, the aforementioned Najee Harris to have 80 yards and a touchdown is 6-1. to one. And looking elsewhere, there was something else I liked that I wanted to touch on. Uh, you can get Nick Chubb to have a touchdown in both halves at Skybet at 8-1. to one. And something that I think is potentially worth looking at is both defense or special teams to score a touchdown in this game? You can find out fifty to one, maybe worth a couple of quid just based on the uh, the lack of uh, and apparently you can get twelve to one for touchdown in each half. Nick Chubb, actually, forgive me, misspeaking there. Um, that that definitely feels like something that could be worthwhile. I I just think with two offenses as well, two quarterbacks as uh, interesting as this, shall we say? I could definitely see. Uh, the defenses and special teams having, you know, having their way tonight. So I think that's worth keeping an eye on for sure. Okay, so we'll move on to the Sunday slate, and we'll try and rattle through these as quickly as possible. Uh, starting off with the Carolina Panthers plus three against the New Orleans Saints. Obviously, Saints hung tough uh, for a long time with uh, with the Buccaneers on Sunday, and the Panthers disappointingly starting 0-2 despite the supposed Baker Mayfield bounce. Jack, how do we see this one? Panthers and the Saints. I think the handicap's probably spot on. Wouldn't be touching it. Um, the Saints' defense is impressive against the Buccaneers, but the Saints just kind of fall away towards the end of the game. Um, I think uh, Jimmy's has like four got injections before the game in his back and everything. I'm not sure how fit he is to play this week. And I think he's playing, but he definitely won't be 100%. So I probably wouldn't touch the Saints. Um, I just I can't back Baker Mayfield either, to be honest. Uh, I know you're a big fan, but uh, he just drives me mad. Um, so yeah, I think three is probably the right handicap. So I'd probably be staying away from it. Adam, uh, I have to lean to the Saints. I just again, I I can't back Baker. I don't think the Panthers are. Well, I was going to say long for this world, but that's a little bit extreme. I, I don't think they're long for this league. Uh, they are. Not a good team to watch at the moment, and Baker gets flustered seemingly quite often. Um, I do, uh, yeah, the, the worry is obviously playing with four fractures in your back. I know Jameis played all right until the uh, fracas uh, interrupted the game, and then he uh, panicked a bit and started trying to chase it. They shouldn't have to chase it in this one. It'd be nice if they have Kamara back. I don't know what the um, injury report is on him. Um, but yeah, I, I have to lean to the Saints. Yeah, I kind of feel like a minus three line is maybe partially based on Kamara having been out and maybe mm. they're hoping that Kamara would still be out. I think if Kamara is confirmed to be active, I could definitely see this moving up a couple of points potentially. Yeah, as much as I'm a Baker fan, he's not really set the world on fire to start the season here. So yeah, I, I totally agree. I would be leaning towards Saints minus three in that one. Then next up, one of the more baffling lines of the weekend as far as I'm concerned, the Chicago Bears hosting the Houston Texans and the Chicago Bears are favorites by a full three points. I know we have home field advantage, but for me, I am surprised that this is a, a game that the Texans are underdogs in. I just think the Texans have shown more life and generally have better players than the Bears. But by all means, tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, Adam, Bears minus three. What do you think? Yeah, you won't find any argument for me on this one. Yeah, they're, they're just miserable to watch um they've thrown 28 passes in two weeks uh justin fields has uh, i think 
completed about well, about 15, I think, something similar to that. Um, and the run game isn't great. So I don't, yeah, I agree. I don't see how they can be favourites against anyone, to be honest, even the Texans. I, I, I don't really rate the Texans. Obviously, I don't think anyone does, but they do have interesting players at least and they, they're relying on Davis Mills being adequate, which um, he can be. He's shown he can be adequate in his work last year. He hasn't really done so this year, but yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd have to take the Texans get the points. Jack, same from you or are you favouring Chicago? Uh, no, I think the Texans plus three is definitely the bet. Uh, I presume they're just going off the line because the Bears Bears bet the 49ers at home first game. Maybe they think there's some good advantage in uh, Soldier Field this year, but I don't know. It kind of just looks all messed up. Like the game against the Packers the weekend, like they were hopeless. Packers weren't even that good, and the Bears were just pathetic. Like, um, in fairness to the Texans, I thought they'd probably be the worst team in the NFL this year, but they drew with the Colts and then they they put it up to the the Broncos as well. And uh, last week, so I'm not really sure why they're underdogs here. I probably thought it'd be Scratch or if Anthony, I thought it'd be the Texans minus one or two. So um, yeah, I definitely will have um, the, te- or the Texans plus three and one or two of my bets. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of very in favour of Texans money line, to be completely honest, in a number of ways, especially when you're getting the, you know, plus money, quote unquote. I, I, I really like the Texans in this game. Justin Fields has not done anything to suggest to me that he is a high quality NFL starting quarterback. Davis Mills has his limitations. We know that. But the weapons around Davis Mills, you know, I'm thinking of, you know, OJ Howard has been able to get into the end zone twice. I like Brevin Jordan as a tight end, but I really like Brandon Cooks. And Damian Pierce got a little bit more leeway last weekend to make some uh, moves in the run game. So hopefully that will continue for him. And yeah, I like the Texans 100%. We've already kind of touched on Colts against Chiefs. So now we'll go to arguably the biggest game of the weekend. And it feels like I'm being biased in saying this. And yet it's actually justified. You're not. As the Miami Dolphins, the 2-0 and Miami Dolphins host the somewhat unstoppable looking Buffalo Bills. Buffalo minus five. I don't know that I would be touching Dolphins plus 25. So, uh, you know, that's how good the Bills look. Jack, as a, as a fellow Dolphins fan, your thoughts and feelings going into this one? Um, obviously, delighted with the way the season started, but I've already been stung uh, too many times by the Bills. Um, I think it was the year before last, Dolphins to win the last game of the season, and the Bills played their starters for I think the first half and they absolutely hammered the Dolphins so yeah like even even if the Dolphins are plus 10 in this I know the start they've had I don't care I wouldn't be touching the Dolphins I obviously won't be back in the Bills minus five either being a Dolphin fan but um it's just nice to see the Dolphins even being up and people thinking that they actually have a chance um personally I think the Bills will win the game uh as you said before I, I just want the Dolphins to be competitive if there's a score or maybe even 10 points in it with the quarter to go at least the Dolphins have a chance um, just the last few times we played the Bills the game's been over with a quarter and a half to go just like the Bills done to the Titans and I suppose even to the Rams I just hope that doesn't happen to the Dolphins um, but it could easily like so yeah I'll be staying away from it just watching it as a as a Dolph fan not a not a better Seems eminently sensible uh, Adam as the lone I guess unbiased party in this discussion uh, your thoughts and feelings on on this game uh, it should be a hell of a game, shouldn't it? I'm, um, I'm definitely, well, I'm looking forward to watching this one. It's a Sky game um, for obvious reasons, as it should be. Um, yeah, the Bills have won the last seven in a row, uh, straight up against the Dolphins, which that that's when both teams were fairly average as well. So they seem to have some kind of weird hoodoo over them. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I couldn't bet either side, frankly. I was very impressed with the Dolphins and how good uh, Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill looked catching passes from Tua last week. And obviously the Bills have just been, uh, well, they look like they're unstoppable this year, which is a big worry for everyone else in the AFC. Uh, great for me because I have a lot of free £5 bets on them, as I mentioned many a time on this. But um, yeah, they, they just look outstanding and they they step on they step on the gas when they're ahead. They don't slow down. So taking anyone to cover against them at the moment seems silly, especially when it's less than a touchdown. I would have to lean to the Bills, but I'm looking forward to touchdowns. It should be a fun game. Yeah, I hope it's a fun game. As, yeah. as Jack's mentioned previously, it's gone out of hand very quickly and it could be the way it goes again. The Bills look unstoppable. But if you want me to play devil's advocate or dolphin's advocate in this case, I guess, 
you know, the Bills do seem to be a little bit beaten up on the back end. And where is the Dolphins' strength? Obviously, that speed that takes the top off the defense. Mm. The Ravens couldn't handle it. So I can definitely see it being a high-scoring game. This is not one that I'm going to go anywhere near, just generally out of, I guess, my own sanity. But over 52 points doesn't feel unreasonable, to be completely honest. With the Bills, Bills look like they can score 40 on their own every game anyway. And if the Dolphins perform half as well as they did last Sunday in that comeback, then you've got to think that the Dolphins will put some points up as well. So I would lean to the over, despite how good I think the Dolphins' defense is. But uh, yeah, I'll be trying to stay away from this as much as possible and hopefully just enjoying a peaceful Sunday afternoon. <laughs> we'll see. The heart rate. Yeah. Uh, moving on to our next game, one of my personal favorites of the weekend. We have the Minnesota Vikings against the Detroit Lions. Just so everyone is aware, this game is not in prime time. So this is normal Kirk Cousins, which is something I need to get in my head as well. Uh, the Vikings are minus six. And the Lions, obviously, plus six, have a great record of covering spreads under Dan Campbell. Jack, your thoughts on Vikings and Lions? I'm actually going to go against you here. I, um, As I said, Kirk Cousins is not in prime time. I'm going to have to back him here. Uh, after that, I, I backed him last weekend and it was such a disaster. But <laughs> I reckon I reckon most of the public are going to be thinking that they're that he's, he's finished or whatever. But... Look, I reckon he performed against the Lions. Uh, the Lions are kind of the feel-good story of the NFL so far this year. Um, being on hard knocks, like a lot of teams like them. Uh, I don't know. I just I think it's one of them games that Justin Jefferson's gonna gonna take off. Uh, Lions defense hasn't been hectic, and yeah, I I think they'll cover the touchdown spread. Adam, your thoughts on Kirk Cousins and uh, are the Vikings due for a bounce back after the disappointment on Monday night? Yeah, you talked about over 52 in the previous game. This one's over over under 53, and there's a very good chance of it going over. Both teams are going to score. Uh, Justin Jefferson's had 503 yards in his four games against the Lions, and most of those, most of that, 440 of those come in the last three games against them. So it's fairly safe to say you can expect a big game from him this week. It's, again, it's, it's much like the Bills, uh, Bills Dolphins for... A neutral, it should be a hell of a game. I'm, I'm pondering what to do, to be honest, because I'd like to watch both of them in full, but then I need to watch the Bengals game as well. So maybe I'll have a couple of windows open on Game Pass. Um, regards to the result, I honestly don't know. Um, I would stay away from the spread personally. I, I think the Vikings are the better team, but at the moment, I, I really have no idea. Obviously, you've got Amon St. Brown, who I think has scored an eight, scored a touchdown and had... X amount of yards in eight consecutive games now, which is up there with only two other players. Um, so he's he's just on fire at the moment with Goff. Obviously, they've got good protection. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I would lean very slightly to the Vikings, but it's not a spread I'm touching on either side. And hopefully over 53. I, again, I think it should be a heck of a game. Yeah, as, as Jack kind of alluded to, I'm, I'm all in on the Lions. Um I maintain Kirk Cousins is a fraud regardless of what time he plays at. Um, the Vikings, I just don't trust them. And I, I won't trust them until they've got another quarterback, to be completely honest. As good as Jefferson is, that stat about Jefferson's receiving yards has me absolutely terrified. But the the Lions find a way to stay in games. They were getting blown out by the Eagles and yet still covered three and a half in week one. And I, yeah, I'm, I'm all in on the Lions train. I love Amon Ross St. Brown and what they're doing with that offense. So, I will definitely be taking Vikings plus six and maybe, sorry, excuse me, Lions plus six and maybe even sprinkling a little bit on the uh, money line as well. Moving forward, we've obviously, and note that Lions are still 15 to two for the division still, if you're uh, interested in betting on the NFC North. I don't know that I'd feel quite confident in that. I still think it's the Packers division to lose, but all these people tipping Vikings to win the division preseason, I will hopefully be laughing at them come January. Um, we've got a few more sat, uh, Sunday early window games to go through. Obviously, we've already done Patriots-Ravens. We've already spoken about Jets against the Bengals. An interesting one, the Titans against the Las Vegas Raiders. Tennessee Titans are plus two here. Two quarterbacks who are struggling. Do we believe more in Ryan Tannehill and Derek Henry getting going, or do we believe more in Derek Carr and Devontae Adams having a bounce-back game following that heartbreaker against Arizona. Adam, your thoughts on 
Titans, Raiders. Uh, I believe more in the um, Las Vegas Raiders. I believe more in Carr and Adams getting it going. I said all summer pretty much that the Titans are in a soft reboot, and that seems to be the case. They obviously, you, I guess you can kind of write off the game against the Bills because, I mean, the Bills look incredibly good. Um, but yeah, they're losing, losing to the Giants in the first game is a bit of a coin, coin toss, a coin toss. Um, and this one, I think, is a coin toss as well. But being two point underdogs at home is, it's a worrying look for the Titans against the Raiders. I, I think Vrabel's the better coach. That's what's putting me off anything on this one. But I think the Raiders are the better team. So I, I'd lean to the Raiders on the road. I won't be touching the, t- the total of forty five point five. Um. Yeah, I, I just think the Raiders are a better team, frankly. So I would be going for them, but I won't be touching it. Jack, you with Adam on the Raiders here? Um, no, I'm actually got, I back the Titans here. I've been embarrassed by the Bills. Have to back the Titans. Um, I don't know. I know Derek Henry's had a bad start to the season, but eventually it's gonna it's gonna happen. Like look, he's an absolute beast of a man. Um, I reckon they just keep handing the ball off to him. I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, Malik Willis come in maybe halfway through the season because oh, Tannehill just looks hopeless at the moment. But I know the Raiders are just kind of finding ways to lose games. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't fancy the head coach either. As as Adam said, uh, Mike Ray was a very good head coach and there's a bit of a mismatch there. Um, Titans being at home as well, I'd be leaning towards them. I would say it is probably a coin toss of a game, but the Titans being at home, I, I, reckon, uh, I reckon they'll do the job. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on the Titans. To be completely honest, I, I I don't like Derek Carr. I do like other pieces that the Raiders have, um, and I think that one thing I noticed, you know, I know we talk player props later, but I think that Devonte Adams' reception line had come down to six point five, which I thought is probably worth hammering down over based on two mm. catches last week. I think he is uh, a shoe in to be peppered with the ball, shall we say, all night long. Uh, so yeah, I, I I like that. I I do think this will be. I think as ever with the Titans, it's all down to how Derrick Henry is moving. If Derrick Henry's running well, his rushing yard line is down to about 84, which previously was just a guarantee he was going to go for 100 yards a week, basically. So I think eventually, similarly, the Titans have to find a way to get out of this rut, and Derrick Henry will be obviously be a huge part of that. Uh, they will need to have more effectiveness in the passing game as well, but I am judging the Titans... I'm actually judging the Titans more on the week one disappointment than I am against the Bills, based on the fact that I think the Bills are going to do that to a lot of teams this year, as 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 you both kind of alluded to. So yeah, I I, I do see a bounce back game for the Titans. Um, I'm hoping so, and uh, yeah, I would definitely lean Titans plus two, potentially even sprinkle money line as well. Uh, lastly, in the early window, the darling of the uh, early season, shall we say, the Philadelphia Eagles. Everyone seems to love them right now. Jalen Hurts looks fantastic. And they are up against a familiar foe in Carson Wentz and the Washington Commanders. Eagles are minus six. Obviously, Washington, therefore, plus six. Adam, we believe that Jalen Hurts keeps this rolling against the Commanders? Yeah, Carson Wentz isn't getting any revenge here. Uh, yeah, the, the Eagles uh, should win this and should win it fairly comfortably. I don't rate the Commanders at all this year. I think their defense is incredibly dodgy. I uh, know we mentioned quite uh, a little bit earlier about Devonta Smith and AJ Brown. We think Devonta Smith probably in for a big game here. Um, but yeah, Mark Sanders and the running game. Jalen Hurts, the running game. Uh, Hurts is now into fourth favorite for MVP, uh, about 10 to 1, which again, I can't really argue with. I think it's quite fair. He had 80% completion rate and ran for two touchdowns last week. He was imperious. He was fantastic. And that was with a worry for the Eagles coming in is whether he could do it. Uh, whether he could throw for 300 yards a game, and he did that on Monday. So I don't see really any flaws in their team at the moment. I know they've not played. I was going to say they've not played the best of opposition, but I do. I do like the Vikings. But it was Monday night, and Kirk Cousins is now two and ten on Monday night. So it's uh, it was. <laughs> yeah, I thought you'd like that one. Uh, difficult to judge them on that win, really, because of that stat. But I I took good odds on the Eagles winning the first six games and this is next one up in that and I think they're going to win this one fairly comfortably um saying that yeah yeah minus six enough screw it yeah minus six enough on the on the road I will take them to cover that Jack Jalen Hurts believer um I would have said definitely no but after the first two games this year hard to hard, hard to say um that he's not a good quarterback um look I think the last 
as I was saying to you before, they played against the Buccaneers in the playoffs last year, and I thought he was terrible. I know like, it was his first playoff game, but um, the first time I properly seen him since then was on Monday night, and I thought he was excellent. Um, that's not to take away from how bad Kirk Cousins was. Uh, sometimes he was throwing the ball to Justin Jefferson, and I, I don't even know what he was thinking. Um, Darius Day could have had four or five interceptions. I think he had two. But um, yeah, it's hard to not be impressed with the Eagles so far. I do think those six and a half is a bit of a high spread. I probably will be leaning more towards the commanders covering uh, just based on the fact that Carson Wentz playing against his whole team. And I don't necessarily rate the commanders that highly, but after coming in a big Monday night win like that, everyone talking about them, the public saying they're a good chance to be in maybe even the number one seed in the NFC only after two games, I just have to lean towards the commanders uh, with six and a half. I think it could be like a 24-20 game to the Eagles. They'll win, but six and a half is probably a bit too high for me to touch. Yeah, that's a very fair point. I mean, I, I tend to lean more towards what Adam was saying in terms of the commanders just being bad. I really don't think they're a very good team at all, uh, especially on the on the back end of that defense. I I do think the Eagles hype is a little bit too high right now. Like you said, Jack, I think seeing them as the number one seed in the NFC is premature, shall we say. Uh, but yeah, I do definitely expect the Eagles to win this game. I could see them covering the minus six. It is a high number. It's not one I love. And the Carson Wentz revenge game narrative is always there. And I like to try and stay away from those narratives unless I like them. Uh, but yeah, Eagles definitely to win that game for sure. And we'll move into the later games. Try and rattle through these. Uh, Chargers against Jacksonville Jaguars, 3.05 UK time. Minus seven for the Chargers right now, which is interesting considering we don't really know the health of... Herbert and Eckler for sure. I couldn't find any player lines on the Chargers when I had a look earlier because I think they're waiting for official reports tomorrow to come out. Uh, so maybe there's an argument that you want to touch Jacksonville plus seven right now at evens. I think there's an, there's an argument for that, uh, though the Chargers are clearly the two better of the two teams. Jack, are you believing in the Chargers in this one? Uh, as you said, with Herbert and Eckler's uh, status up in there, I won't be touching it until I know for sure. Um, if they're both playing, it's hard to back against the Chargers. They're probably on paper one of the top five teams in the NFL. Um, hard not to be impressed by the Jaguars so far this year. Uh, Trevor Lawrence looks a different quarterback compared to last year's shit show with uh, Urban Meyer. Um, handicap of seven again, away it's, it is a bit high, but um, I looked at the Jaguars last week. I think they shut out the, the coach and scored it. I don't think they did. No. Uh, yeah, 24, yeah. 24 nothing. Yeah. yeah, like you have to say, that is impressive against any quarterback in the NFL, let alone Matt Ryan. Look, I know he's not playing well, but the defense is a bit underrated, to be honest, to the Jaguars. Um, I probably won't touch it, but if if the South of them two players comes out and they're both fit to play, it probably won't even be seven. It might go up to eight and a half, so I probably wouldn't touch it either way. But if I go into my head, I probably would lean towards the Jags. Company. Adam, you agree with that? Yeah, there's a seven and a half on um, eight, 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 or five to six. Um, it's kind of a bet to nothing, really. As you said, if Herbert turns out he can't go, or if he's more injured than than we believe, then he, he, you're not gonna you're not gonna get that price otherwise. Um, but yeah, obviously the Chargers should win this one. But the Jags were quite impressive. I agree with Jack on everything he said. Essentially, um, Lawrence and Kirk seem to have a really good connection. Uh, James Robinson and Travis Etienne on the ground are doing all right. Um, the the good thing for the Chargers is obviously they've got a very good pass rush, something that the Jags haven't really faced this year. So it'll be interesting to see how Lawrence does under pressure because he does still throw up some terrible passes when he's uh, getting pressured. So, yeah, again, a more intriguing one than bettable, to be honest. It'll be, uh, yeah, I'll be keeping an eye on it, see how it goes. Yeah, I totally agree. I think we do need to wait. This is unfortunateness of us recording on a Thursday before Sunday games. We probably need to wait a little bit uh, to find out exactly what the situation is with Herbert specifically. Uh, if he is playing, I would I would probably be in favour of that minus seven. You'd obviously love to get it at minus 6.5. But uh, yeah, I, I, I trust Herbert and this Chargers team. I thought they looked really good in defeat against the Chiefs you know, last week and mm. were unlucky on another day where they get a Gerald Everett substitution. They might have uh, they might have won that game rather than cost themselves it with the pick six. I think the Chargers will be fine long term for sure. On to the quote unquote late slate, and we start with the Arizona Cardinals and the Los Angeles Rams in an NFC West matchup. And the Cardinals are plus three, three point underdogs. Um, is that still accurate? That's what I saw earlier. Yeah, three um, or three and a half. Three or three and a half. Obviously, if you can get the three and a half. 
go with that as far as I'm concerned. I'm going to just do my bit first here because <laughs> I want to take my victory lap on Kyler Murray being the best quarterback in the NFC West. <laughs> yeah, I said it. Drink it in. Enjoy it. Nobody else in the NFL can do what he does. Yes, Cardinals plus 3.5 at 10 to 11 on AA is bought right now. Over under is 48.5. I would also quite like that over because neither team has looked good defensively so far. The Rams nearly allowed the Falcons in through the back door last week and they did in terms of covering. And the Cardinals have given up an incredible amount of uh, yardage and points to opposing quarterbacks so far. So I would I would be taking the over here for sure. But I also like the Cardinals to win this game. Kyler beat the Rams last year in fairly succinct fashion in their first matchup. Uh, obviously, they're not at full strength without DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, we'll see if James Connor's fully able to go. But if so, I, I like the Cardinals in this one for sure. Uh, Jack? What do you think? Uh, this is probably one of them games that if, if I wake up and see the result on Monday morning, nothing will surprise me. Um, the Rams could be win by two touchdowns. The Cardinals could win by two touchdowns and I won't be in any ways shocked. Um, as you said, DeAndre Hopkins not being able to play until I think it's week five. That's a big loss for their for Arizona, but uh, Kyler Murray just—he seems—he's just—he's a freak. Like he's uh, there's nobody like him in the NFL. Um, he can win games by himself, like we've seen last weekend. Um, I don't know what's going on with the Rams. As you said, the the, the Falcons nearly came back and bet them last weekend. Uh, something kind of just doesn't seem right. I don't know whether they're missing Von Miller or Odell or there's just something. I don't know what it is. Um, I can't really back them with any confidence, and I probably wouldn't back the Cardinals either. Be one of them games I probably stay away from. Um. Paddy Power might have some power play up maybe just before kickoff that I might get on. But as opposed to leans over and under or the handicap, I won't touch it. Adam? Uh, the Rams are 9-1 and one against the Cardinals in the last 10 games. They are 8-1-1 one one against the spread, including possibly the worst playoff performance in uh, recent history uh, last year. Uh, so I, I have to lean to the Rams. Yeah, The NFC West is a weird one. Everyone beats each other and the Rams beating the Cardinals is the one bit of their 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 cycle on the wheel. Um, so, yeah, I, I have to lean to the Rams on this one. Um, I agree on Kyler Murray, maybe not being the greatest player ever, but him running 80 yards on a two-point conversion <laughs> to get that in was, was something you never see. I don't think anyone's ever seen a play like that. It's 20 seconds it took him to, to find the end zone for that extra two points. It was... It was ridiculous and phenomenal, and all the kind of superlatives you can think of to <clears throat> to um, rate a player. Um, but I, McVeigh has has Cliff Kingsbury's number. Uh, whether he has Kyler Murray's number, I'm not too sure. But as I say, he did put in a terrible performance last time they played. Whether that spurs him on or not, um, who knows? But yeah, I'd, I'd have to lean to the Rams. Okay, you sure you don't want to make it your best bet? <laughs> not, after, not after last week. I, I'll, I'll make it my first half best bet, shall I? <laughs> That's very fair. That's very fair. Uh, okay, next one is probably the, along with the Texans and Bears, uh, maybe the quote-unquote worst matchup on paper of the week uh, as the Falcons head to Seattle to play the Seahawks. Seahawks are minus one, which I think is purely you're at home, have a, t- have a little bit of an advantage. Over-under is 41 and a half. Both of these teams look like they're destined for top five picks next season. Geno Smith against Marcus Mariota in the year of 2022. What did we do to deserve that? Um, Adam, are you rising up with the Falcons or do you think the 12s in Seattle will keep Geno's 100% record at home this season? <laughs> uh, I've got to rise up with the Falcons, really. They've at least been entertaining and fun to watch. Um the minus one essentially means that they think the Falcons are the better team. I think the Seahawks are one of the few that still have a decent home field advantage. And it's hard to argue against it. I think, yeah, they've been entertaining. Mariota's looked all right. Um, Drake London's looked um, worthy of his first round pick. They do need to get Carl Pitts going, obviously. But they've been pressuring and at least putting pressure on um, and at least looking good against teams who are far better than them. And the Seahawks, I don't think, are better than them. So, yeah, I've got to take the Falcons plus one on the road. Um, I do think it's a bit of a greasy... If squeaky wheel gets the grease with Kyle Pitts, I think that they will target him a lot more this week. And Jamal Adams is out for the season, so that obviously weakens Seahawks' defense in the middle of the field mostly. So I, I think the Falcons win, to be honest. Jack, you agree with Adam? 
Yeah, I think the Falcons will win, but not really much, much confidence. This is one of them games that obviously both teams on Sunday wants to win, and then once the draft comes, they're obviously raging that they bet the other team. Um, two of probably the bottom five teams in the NFL. As, as Adam said, at least the, the Falcons are showing some sort of fight. Um, I thought the Falcons were going to be terrible this year. I thought they'd get hammered nearly every game, but they seem to keep battling back. Uh, Seahawks, uh, week one, they were okay. Like It was a good win, I suppose, against the Broncos, but the Broncos look like they're actually not that good of a team at all. Um, so it doesn't look as impressive as it did at the time. Um, yeah, like I would lean towards the Falcons slightly, but two, two terrible teams. Like, I don't really have much confidence with, the, with selection either. Yeah, I agree with you both. I'd lean towards the Falcons slightly. Uh, but yeah, with the with the quarterback play, you can't really be sure of anything. I would, however, sprinkle on the over forty one point five because I actually think there's quite a lot of good weapons on this on this pitch, and forty one point five is a low number. If Cordero Patterson gets going, if Drake London's going, DK Metcalf can always break one, even if he is being thrown passes by Geno Smith. So I, I like the over in this one because I think two bad teams could equal bad defenses, especially with no Jamal Adams. And then the highlight of the late window, another Sky game in the UK. The Green Bay Packers at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for Brady versus Rogers five. Brady is three and one in the previous four meetings between the two. The Buccaneers are just a one point favorite right now on eight 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 sport at ten to eleven, and bafflingly, the over under is set at forty two in this game. Um, you probably know where my feelings are on that number, but uh, Jack. <laughs> Uh, where do you see this one going? Yeah, the 42 is crazy. Um, Rodgers versus Brady game being 42 points, uh, like it's unbelievable. But um, seeing how the season started for both teams is kind of understandable that it's low. Um, I don't know. I, I think the Buccaneers are going to win this game. Rodgers is he's very moody when, when things are going good. He's unbelievable. And when things aren't, he's terrible. I think last year, or was the year before, he was playing against the Buccaneers and he was woeful. And uh, the Buccaneers defense is very good at frustrating quarterbacks. Um, I expect them to just keep handing the ball off to AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones, but the Bucks being at home as well, I do think they'll win. Even though there seems to be some something going on with Tom Brady, I don't know whether it's off and on the pitch. Um, he's extra moody this year, uh, but yeah, look, they're still two and zero. They have to beat the Saints away. I still think they get done here and, and go go three and zero. And should just give you a quick injury update that will corroborate Jack's uh, feelings right now. Four of the Packers' top receivers not practicing today, reports Rob Domovsky. Alan Lazard with his ankle, Christian Watson with a hamstring, Sammy Watkins with a hamstring, and Randall Cobb. Illness all did not practice. All of them other than Randall Cobb practiced yesterday. However, David Bakhtiari is back practicing today after not doing so yesterday. Uh, but yeah, as of right now, the Packers' wide receiver group is Romeo Dobbs, Amari Cooper, Samori Toure, Juwan Rinfrey, and Travis Fulgan, which is not exactly star-studded. I would expect at least two of Lazard, Watson, and Watkins to play. Um, Adam, your thoughts on on Brady Rogers five? Uh, yeah, I mean that's that's why the the totals dropped by five six points is the Packers' lack of passing weapons, and well, so far at the moment, as far as we know, Tampa Bay's lack of passing weapons. If Julio is out. Chris Godwin's probably out. Mike Evans is suspended. They are down to wide receiver four, five, six as well. So that's that's why they're struggling to to get the over on the total. But it, it maybe has overreacted. It is incredibly low for a game involving such talent at a quarterback. Uh, the Tampa Bay rush defense is usually one of the better in the league. I know it's early, uh, but they're mid. They're ranked around mid table according to DVOA against the rush, which is which is a little surprising. So. Maybe Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon can get something going. Uh, early in the week, I was leaning towards the Packers. I think I've probably got to lean towards the Bucks still. I am um, not the biggest fan of Rogers, so I do like seeing him have paddies on the field. It is is quite entertaining uh, watching that. But yeah, I mean, I, I, it's a firm avoid on everything for me on this one. It's it's not a game I want to get involved in, other than of course AJ Dillon scoring touchdowns. Yeah, and obviously rushing, touchdowns. rushing touchdown, AJ Dillon's, that's what we want. Um, yeah, I absolutely love the Packers here. I think this is an unbelievable opportunity for the Packers to get a big win against a understrength and embattled, shall we say, Buccaneers team. Uh, I'm assuming Lazard and Watkins and maybe even Watson will all play realistically. I think this just smells of a rest day for them. We'll get confirmation on that later, obviously. If they were all out, 
maybe I'd reconsider that. But equally, I think there's two things have to happen here. The Buccaneers' offense cannot be as putrid as it has been. And I do think that wide receiver one, Aaron Jones, will have a big day for the Green Bay Packers as they continue to split him out wide and have two back sets. I just think that realistically, as you mentioned, Adam, the Buccaneers are usually really good against the run. But I actually thought Ezekiel Elliott actually did quite well for the Cowboys against the Buccaneers in week one. And I can definitely see Jones and Dylan having some fun with them on the ground. Uh, I know, again, player props later on, but before I forget it, you can get Aaron Jones' rushing attempt line right now is 12.5. Quite like the over on that for 12.5 rush attempts for Jones. Uh, I didn't see one for Dylan, but I'm assuming it'll be a little bit less, and I would like the over on that too, uh, because I think the, the Packers will try and run the ball, considering the potential lack of wide receivers. Anyway, uh, moving on to what is... I've now dubbed it the Sunday night snooze fest. We've kind of touched on it already. San Francisco at Denver. Anything anyone wants to say on that besides what we had earlier? I've, I've said my bit. I just think as a coaching mismatch, uh, I do. I would lean to the unders on it as well. Uh, I just don't think there's going to be many points in that game. We've seen so far from the Broncos that they're. I, I'm not going to say inept, but not. Not apt, if that yeah. makes sense. They they are they're not they're not working as they should. Yeah, I can't think yeah, of a Sunday night game I've ever been less interested in watching. To be honest with you, even in the last few years, there have been some bad ones. But Bears Packers last week. Well, at least you, I mean I'm always interested in watching the Packers offense. To be honest with you, um, you know I know you don't like Rogers, but there's only so many years we're going to get to see him, and Jimmy Garoppolo is not that. So uh, yeah, we'll ignore that one and we'll go on to Monday night, our final game of the week. As the Dallas Cowboys head to New York to play the Giants. According to AAA Sport right now, the Cowboys are minus 1.5, which is flipped because in other places, I've definitely seen the Cowboys as uh, quote-unquote underdogs. Um, yeah, interesting. Right now, Skybet, the New York Giants are minus 3. 888, the Cowboys are minus 1.5. So you could create hmm. a little middle there for yourself, potentially which might be potentially lucrative. Not quite sure why that is the way it is. Um, I'll be completely frank and say that I like the Cowboys in this spot. I think the Giants being 2-0 and is somewhat of a fraudulent record, and this is still Daniel Jones, a quarterback, and I don't trust him. Uh, Jack, your thoughts on, on Giants-Cowboys? Yeah, I like the Giants here. Um, I think just about <laughs> Cooper Rush. I think the fact that they won last weekend, uh, teams are starting to think he's better than he is. Um the Giants start 2-0, as you said. It's not the most impressive 2-0 start, but it's still a 2-0 start. Uh, Saquon's starting to get into it. Daniel Jones is... Well, he's Daniel Jones. Um, it's... Look, if it's Daniel Jones against Dak, at least he, it's kind of watchable. But, yeah, look, I, I think the Giants will win with their with their number one quarterback. Um, it's a terrible game to watch. I probably won't watch it, um, even though it's a standalone game. I don't know. The, the Cowboys are the biggest franchise in the NFL, so they obviously get a lot of, a lot of TV games, but... No one wants to watch Cooper Rush. Let's be real. Um, yeah, I like the I like the Giants, and I really hope they win because the less talked about the the Cowboys, the better. <laughs> it's not how most people here in Dallas feel, but I hear you completely, um, Adam. Just before you give your pick, uh, a little update: Michael Gallup is expected to play on Monday, barring any setbacks in practice reps. He won't be playing a ton of reps, but Mike McCarthy said, "I hope he plays." So potentially a second wide receiver threat to go along with CD Lamb for the Cowboys back. How do you see this one, Adam? I have no idea, to be honest. Yeah, it's, <laughs> um, I, I do quite like the Giants, but they could quite easily be 0-2, and they couldn't get the one game going last week. Saquon let me down um, on the ground last week. And yeah, I mean, realistically, talent-wise, you've got to pick the Cowboys and uh, Coaching-wise, you've got to pick the other side of it. I do prefer Brian Dable, but whatever they're doing with the wide receivers in the in New York is just seems weird to the outsider. Like Richie James being the leading, well, one of the leading guys when you've got uh, the likes of Kadarius Tony being explosive, just sitting there doing nothing. Seems a little bit strange. They obviously have reasons, but yeah, I, I guess I'd lean to the Cowboys, especially with... Gallup coming back even on limited time and Cooper Rush is obviously 100% as a starter in his career so you know you've got to got to look at invite, vital stats like that as well um, but yeah I, I, annoyingly I'm off work on Tuesday so it was a game I'd normally watch but I'm not sure I can get up for this one 
<laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I like the Cowboys here. Um, I like what Dayball's doing, and I think the Giants will be very good in a few years. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all in on the Cowboys here. I think Cooper Rush can do just enough to not mess up the game for the Cowboys, and uh, I think the Cowboys will get a win in New York on Monday night. Uh, okay, we'll head quickly and do some player props. I, I didn't find any kind of touchdown lines yet that I liked, but you might want to shout a few out. I'm just going to rattle through a through that I like, and then I'll, I'll hand it over to you both. Um, Lamar Jackson's passing yards against the Patriots is set at 217.5, which I think is insulting to Lamar. I will absolutely take that over um, there. Similarly, in both games so far for the Dolphins, both Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill have hit their overs on receiving yards. I know this is the Bills, but I think Waddle says 62.5 is very low, as far as I'm concerned. And Tyreek Hill's is, I think, 74.5. You only need one long shot, and you've got that. And also, if, as we think, the Bills are as good as they are, they might be up early in this game, and the Dolphins have to throw more than they would usually want to. I could definitely take both those overs, but especially the Waddle one at 62.5. Um, Devontae Smith had a nice bounce-back game for the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday night. Had seven catches for 80 yards, so I don't really understand why his receiving yards line is at 45.5 again against the Commanders. I like that one a lot. And we also mentioned the Falcon-Seahawks game. Cordarrelle Patterson rushing yards over 40.5. I think that's a fairly decent shout against the Seahawks defense that is nothing special. And lastly, my aforementioned wide receiver one in Green Bay, Aaron Jones receiving yards over 28.5. They will split him out wide and there will be dump-off situations as well. I, I, I like that as well. So that's my sprinkling of player props this week. Uh, Jack, you got any that you have your eye on? Yeah, just the one. I don't really back player props that much, but um, Travis Kelsey over 71.5 yards. Uh, I do like uh, He's just known, as I said, about the Chiefs earlier on. Um, Kelsey against Gus Bradley defences. He just destroys them. Um, I think Kelsey had 120 yards in week one and week two, I think he had like 51, but he seems to always get neutralized by Derwin James without the Chargers. So the bookies seem to have kind of gone midway between that. I think 71 in Skybet, but it's higher in other places. So um, that's the only prop I'd be going for is Kelsey over 71 and a half yards. And I probably would back him to get a touchdown if he can get around evens. Not every bookies has a price yet, but I've seen him at around 10 to 11, which I probably would back as well. Adam, I know you always have a couple of player props you like lined up. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm aligned with you on the Dolphins, but I've gone for Tua to have his longest completion over 36 and a half yards. Um, obviously, with the speedsters there, he had a completion for 15, 59 and 60 as the longest completions for Waddle and Hill last week, and he had a 42 yarder for Jalen Waddle in week one. Uh, so over 36 and a half, I thought was fairly decent. Uh, Naeem Hines should have been utilized a lot more for the Colts last week. In the passing game, he's over 26 and a half receiving yards, which I thought was low because he had 50 in week one, 37 last week. And um, we don't know about the health of the Colts receivers, but we do know their offensive line and Matt Ryan are weak. Um, uh, Khalil Herbert over 21 and a half rushing yards for the Bears. I thought it was incredibly low. Admittedly, he he ran off. He, well, he had a 27 yarder last week, which bumped his stats, but. He's gone over 21 and a half in both the games so far. And it's a game, it's probably the one game this year they're going to be favorites. Um, so I think they're going to run a little bit more. Jalen Hurts still plus money for a touchdown. He had two last week and one in the game one. And Tyler Higby is my other one for uh, the Rams. He's actually had as many red zone targets as Cooper Cup has this, this year. Cup scored three touchdowns. He scored none. Uh, you're getting near to two to one for Higby, depending where you look. Um, yeah, that's about it for me, I think. I like that a lot. A lot of those make a lot of sense. One other one that I was told yesterday, and I wish I had the exact stat, but uh, Chris Olave uh, last week managed to accumulate over 300 air yards. I yep. think this is in targets thrown to him. And someone has said that this has only ever happened six other times or to six other players in, in NFL history or something like that. So there was something alarming about Chris Olave is getting targeted deep a lot. And Jameis is basically just missing the throws. So uh, Alave longest reception and Alave overs, I think, are probably something to keep an eye on in the coming weeks because he is going to hit a long bomb fairly soon for the Saints. And the Panthers' defense is okay. Um, anyway, that that pretty much does us right on an hour, perfectly timed. Um, Adam, anything you want to say to close it out? No, thank you very much for taking over with our technical issues tonight. It's uh, It's been a pleasure. 
Jack, best of luck this weekend. Uh, yeah, just looking forward to next weekend's podcast. The Dolphins are three and zero, and then thinks the Bengals in, so that's four and zero. So Thank yeah, you. Bengals yeah, Thursday great. night. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be an entertaining one next Thursday. Yeah, sure I saw that the Dolphins are definitely underdogs right now, and I quite like that. So uh, yeah, let's mm-hmm. let's hope we come back and it's three and zero Miami. And uh, since you've got their first win, that would be so nice. <laughs> I oh. am terrified by that game. I will admit. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it, it, I mean, we got to think over under what fifty. Yeah, it, it could be really high scoring. Um, and for again for a Thursday night game. It could be a Chiefs Chargers kind of battle, hopefully. Well, fingers crossed there'll be a good one in four. We'll see you next Thursday back here, as always. Thanks for joining us and uh, good luck with the games this weekend.